1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Pick it to the end zone. Touchdown! And there it was. Deontay Johnson finally gets into the end zone. Second a goal. Play action. Purdy. Pressure coming late. Throws to McCaffrey. McCaffrey twisted to the goal line and in for the touchdown. And they can win it with a touchdown. This would be a backbreaker for Buffalo fans, and this would be the pedigree of championship teams. Hurts, Hurts to the end zone, and the Eagles have won it in overtime. Ready, set, go. Takes the handoff. Booker rising up for the win. 1.7 left, and Booker goes boom. Get good deep catches. He's taking full advantage. Jokic to Murray. Murray, good luck for three. Puts it in. There's Jamal Murray and the Nuggets off to a good start. To the left. Looks toward Lamb. Shoulder shake. Throws. That's going to be caught by Ferguson. Touchdown. Fourth down. Lockett comes to the slot. Here comes Parsons. And he forces the pass. Incomplete, and that will wrap it up. Ricky Gibson, the receiver to the top. Eight for the first down. Wilson throw an end zone touchdown. Alan Lazard. What a drive. It's first and goal. Fake to Singletary. To the air. Dell will dance, dive, and score. What a play, Tank Dell. Touchdown pass, Stroud. Six-yard bullet, and Dell with the lunge. Final minute now of the first half as Penix heaves it down into the end zone. Touchdown, Odunze for the second time tonight. 32-yard strike, one of the best in his position in college football. Grew up an Oregon Duck fan. Tez Johnson and now playing for this team. And here's Bo Nix on the ramble into the end zone. Airspace to cover for Milrow. Still looking. Firing. Near corner. It's caught. Touchdown, Alabama. Isaiah Bond on a fourth and a mile. 31 yards. Touchdown tied. Back. Plenty of time. Down the middle. Guess who? Brock Bowers. Bowers heading to the end zone. Touchdown, Georgia. Well, you got to wonder how somebody can get that open when he's so important to the offense. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060.
Welcome to the Friday, December 1st edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Cardinals, Steelers, who you got Sunday? ATS at Pittsburgh. 49ers, Eagles, who wins at Philadelphia. Suns and Nuggets, who wins tonight in downtown Phoenix? The Cowboys, is it good that they were challenged last night? Plus, pick any college game on the championship week as far as college football goes or the NFL. Pick any game on this week's schedule, uh, preferably against the spread. Also, what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday in moments of the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, a Cardinals and Steelers preview, the latest on the Steelers from Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 10-30, it'll be interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup, including the Cardinals say goodbye to Zach Ertz. The final segment of the show, it'll be the national roundup. That will include a little on the Suns and the Nuggets, the latest line in that game. We'll check that before we go to that final break and uh, give you that update. And then a little bit from uh, Thursday night football and who knows what else we'll have time for in the final segment of today's show. Then after the sports zone, from 11 to 1 o'clock, it is the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, including the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, plus our weekly NFL prop bet segment with uh, Brian Blewis of uh, Pro Football Network. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who you got Sunday ATS in Pittsburgh, the Cardinals plus five and a half or the Steelers minus five and a half. And Kayla is returned and she has the early returns. I have Steelers minus five and a half at 67% of the vote. Cardinals plus five and a half at 33%. The uh, Cardinals are 0-6 and six straight up on the road. They've covered just two of those six games. The Steelers 4-2 and two at home straight up and against the spread. All right, today's Twitter poll question. Who wins on Sunday at Philadelphia, the 49ers or the Eagles? And, Kayla, what do we have here? We have the Eagles out in front at 53.8% of the vote, the 49ers trailing at 46.2%. This is over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. San Francisco 8 and 3, but 8 and 0 in games that Trent Williams and Debo Samuel have been healthy this year. Meanwhile, the Eagles are 10 and 1. That's the best start for a team coming off a Super Bowl loss since the 1991 Buffalo Bills. On the local front, the Suns, uh, they host the defending champion Nuggets tonight. The Suns will once again be without the injured Bradley Beal and maybe without uh, you know, Grayson Allen, who's missed the last two games because of illness. The Nuggets on Wednesday got Jamal Murray back from injury after he had missed the previous 11 games. Who wins tonight at home? The Suns or the defending champion Nuggets? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Cowboys are still unbeaten at home, but barely after they trailed for the first time at home this season before they rallied to beat the Seahawks. Was it good that the Cowboys were more they're certainly more than pushed or challenged last night against uh, against the Seahawks? 
On Sunday, in addition to the uh, Niners and Eagles, the slate includes Broncos at Texans and the Chiefs against the uh, host, uh, Chiefs at the uh, Packers. Uh, unfortunately, six teams on bye this week. I guess we lucked out a little last week. Uh, they don't have teams taking a bye on Thanksgiving, but we got six teams on bye this week. Meanwhile, college football at his championship week, including Washington and Oregon tonight in the final Pac-12 game ever. Uh, on Saturday, amongst the games, it'll be Oklahoma State and Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Louisville, Florida State, and Michigan, Iowa. Who you got ATS? Uh, pick any game on the college or NFL slate for this week's schedule. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? Uh, that's the pipe, uh, pipeline for today. Uh, we'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Uh, basically, the only rules, accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. <laughs> Coming up next, Corey, about news update. That'll be followed by a Cardinals and Steelers preview. We'll get the latest uh, on the Steelers and how they might uh, match up this week against the Cardinals from Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, general discussion if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, we'll get to the local roundup, time pending. Uh, we'll have a, a preview of the basketball weekend with uh, the slow on the Suns for tonight. And uh, once again, time pending, uh, ASU and the U of A. Some interesting basketball matchups on the Saturday, uh, actually Sunday and Saturday, respectively. The ASU playing on Sunday and uh, the U of A on Saturday against good non-conference opponents, by the way, not just uh, your uh, you know, garbage conference teams. These are these are good teams they're playing this weekend. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlelux HD2 100.7. Listener rewards for you with the KDUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The 2-10 Cardinals, winless on the road this season, play Sunday at the 7-4 Steelers. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in sports by Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And, uh, Ray, the good news is the Steelers exceeded 400 yards last week uh, after the offensive coordinator change. Was there like a parade in uh, Pittsburgh last week after that performance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was 58 consecutive games without a 400-yard game. Uh, the entire tenure of Matt Canada uh, as being the offensive coordinator. And don't you know, the first game without him, they get 421, and they actually look pretty good in the process. I know they only scored 16 points, but they had a red zone turnover. They had some ca uh, penalties that killed other drives. They actually look like a competent NFL offense against the Bengals. So we'll, we'll see what transpires uh, Sunday afternoon at Aquashore. 
Okay, I was going to get that some of that part next. In fact, you know they did have the 400 yards, the 16-10, they win at uh, Cleveland, but they still got just the one touchdown. Is that still reason for concern with just the one touchdown that game with all those yards? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you you look at their their stats. I mean, you know, total offense, uh, passing offense among the league leaders. Um, and you know, the one thing that they have been able to do well over the last month is they've been able to run the ball um, 174 yards per game over the last four games. But to your point, it hasn't always translated into touchdowns. I mean, they've played seven, uh, it, they've played 11 games now, Bob, seven of those games, they scored one touchdown or fewer. Um, it, it's hard to believe they're seven and four when you, when you cite stats like that, but um, their defense is really good. They, they, I think they're a top-five scoring defense. Uh, they give up like 18 points a game, and they turn people over. Um, they're, they're among the league leaders in takeaways, um, and, and they just find ways to win. So it's not always pretty with the Steelers. I mean, it might actually be an interesting game on Sunday for Cardinals fans, but uh, somehow, some way, the Steelers usually find a way to come out on top. May not be an interesting game for Cardinals fans if uh, you know, Pittsburgh runs the ball and the Cardinals haven't stopped the run against anybody for the weeks, actually. But a little more on uh, the Steelers here. Kenny Pickin, one touchdown pass since October the 8th. Is he auditioning the rest of this season to keep his starting job, or is that too harsh of an assessment by me? Uh, no. I mean, Kenny Pickett has to play better than he has, but I, I think by the Steelers firing Matt Canada, I think they were putting a lot of the onus on the struggles on Canada and not necessarily on Pickett. I mean, Pickett is part of the equation. He hasn't played up to expectations, and yes, he will be evaluated. But if you go back to that 16-10 win against the Bengals, I mean, it was like night and day difference. I mean, he was attacking the middle of the field threw for a season-high 278 yards, um, actually had a touchdown pass dropped in the end zone by Deontay Johnson early in that football game. So, you know, I, I can make a case that, you know, after one game it looks like the Steelers did make the right decision there. You know, they very easily could have kept the offensive coordinator and benched Kenny Pickett. I mean, they, they have a, um, a veteran with a lot of NFL experience in Mr. Trubisky behind him, but – by firing Canada, you know, they're saying, okay, we believe in Pickett. We're going to see what happens the rest of this year, and then we'll evaluate it after that. But I, I, I do think just by the the fact that uh, Canada was made the scapegoat here, I, I think that does buy mm -hmm. Pickett some extra time. Ray Fittipaldo, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned Deontay Johnson. From afar, that's from here, uh, more than occasionally there seems to be something going on with him. Uh, yeah, pardon me if I'm inaccurate here, but is, is he actually – am I, am I making too much out of this? And if I'm not, is he worth all the stuff that comes with it apparently? Uh, you're not wrong. Um, you know, before – you know, this, in this past game against the Bengals, I think everyone saw what happened. He quit on the play and – didn't chase after um, a fumble return after Jalen Warren fumbled, which, you know, it's, it, it's inexcusable. Um, the week before that, after they lost to the Browns in Cleveland, he and Minka Fitzpatrick got into a little bit of an argument 
post game in the locker room, and uh, you know that was documented um, in the media as well. So you're right, and the, it, it, there always does seem to be something with Deontay. Um, he's a productive receiver for the most part, but when you look at his production and then you compare it to what they're paying him, I mean they're paying him. $18 million a year and he only has one touchdown in the past 24 games. And yeah, he's a great route runner and he puts up some yardage sometimes, but he's not really a number one type of receiver. So unless you think a number two receiver is worth 18 million a year, he's probably not worth the trouble. Now, having said that, the Steelers have already, already paid most of that contract. There's only 10 million remaining on that contract for next, next year. So, um, you know, if they want to trade him, they actually might have success doing it because it's it's an affordable contract, or they could just say, okay, we'll play this out. He'll play one more year, and then they'll probably look to replace him, um, you know, in 2025. The offensive line, that's been a topic of discussion for at least the last couple of seasons. How do you think that unit has performed this year? Much better than the first uh, six or seven games. Um you know, they, they, they protected Kenny Pickett relatively well early in the season, but the run game was a mess. And, uh, you know, really since they, they had an early bye, uh, I want to say the bye was after their fifth game. And since then, they've actually they've run the ball really, really well. Um, Jalen Warren is probably their best running back, even though he's considered their number two. Um, he's been really good behind that, that line. And Najee Harris actually – you know, for all the criticism he receives for not living up to being a first-round pick, he actually ran really hard against the Bengals, and he had a season-high 99 yards. So things do look to be, you know, uh, you know, coming up good for the running game, and I think a big part of that um, is their offensive line. They spent money in free agency on it. They signed Isaac Sayamalu away from the Eagles, and they uh, used their first-round pick on Broderick Jones out of Georgia. And Jones has been starting for four weeks now. And like I said, that running game has been averaging 174 a game since Jones entered the lineup. He's been huge for them in the run game. Okay, you mentioned the defense. Uh, you know, Cam Hayward back from injury. The numbers with him and without him are drastically different uh, on the positive side, obviously, when he's playing. Uh, looking ahead here, you know, just curious, why are those numbers, you know, the numbers I think kind of explain themselves, but why is there such a difference when he plays and when he doesn't play? Well, he collapses the pocket. Uh, He's their best interior rusher. And when you couple that with two really good edge rushers and TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, there's no place for the quarterback to go when Cam Hayward is in there. Now, when Cam missed six games with his groin, uh, he had groin surgery. When he missed, you know, there was more time, and there wasn't that interior pass rush, and the run defense wasn't very good. So, um, you know, you look at what they did against the Bengals, um, I think 25 rush yards on 11 attempts. I mean, after a while, Zach Taylor just kind of quit and tried to uh, didn't even try to run the ball against that defense last week in, in the second half. So, um, if they can get that type of production when Cam Hayward is in there, um, they're going to be really tough down the stretch. And they've played the last month without Minka Fitzpatrick. And mm-hmm. it's looking like Fitzpatrick is going to be able to play on Sunday. He's been a full practice participant Wednesday and Thursday. And uh, looks like he's going to get a 
get a helmet here on Sunday, which, um, you know, I don't have to tell you, he's one of the top uh, top five safeties in the NFL, and uh, when he's in there, he makes a big difference for that back end. What, what do they miss specifically when Fitzpatrick's not playing? Uh, he's just their hub of communication, gets people lined up right, and, you know, when he's right and when he's healthy, he's really good at creating turnovers, whether that's by interceptions, forced fumbles coming up in the run game. Um, he's Johnny on the spot has a lot of fumble recoveries in his career as well. So he's that classic, you know, deep field, uh, you know, deep center field type of a safety. And, uh, you know, he, he's really, really good when he's on. Unfortunately for him, he's been banged up this year. Even when he was healthy, they had trouble stopping the run. So he had to take on a different role, but, now that the defense is more intact, Hayward is back, I think once Fitzpatrick does come back, I think you'll see an uptick in turnovers for the team, and I would expect uh, Fitzpatrick to be a big part of that. T.J. Watt, I, I'm assuming he's looking forward to facing uh, the Cardinals, and you know, Paris Johnson has had a rough time in pass protection in his rookie season here. We certainly all understand Watt's impact in addition to Watt, and we mentioned Hayward and Fitzpatrick, anybody else in this defense we should be paying attention to when we watch this game on Sunday? Yeah, look out for uh, inside linebacker Landon Roberts. Um, he was a part-time player for the first half of the season, but they had two season-ending injuries to uh, two inside linebackers. Cole Holcomb uh, went down about week eight, and then Quad Alexander went down the next week uh, with an Achilles injury. And Roberts has really stepped up. I mean, he's playing every single snap now. Um, against the Browns, he had 15 tackles. Uh, once again, last week, I think he led the Steelers with six or seven tackles. So he's really taken on a much bigger role since those injuries. And he's playing really, really well. So um, he's, he's one guy to keep another, uh, an eye on. One other guy, rookie Joey Porter Jr., uh, been a starter for about a month now. And he is traveling with the best team's receiver. Did a really nice job on Jamar Chase last week. So um, he's another young guy who's, who's going to make a difference uh, for the Steelers' defense down the stretch. Okay, James Conner returning to Pittsburgh. Uh, he dressed that with the local media here this week. Is his return a big deal in Pittsburgh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's a guy who's well-known, as you know, the Steelers and in Pitt share a practice facility. So the Steelers have known James mm -hmm. for a long, long time. I mean, they know what he went through with the injuries, uh, with the cancer and him overcoming that. And of course, you know, James played for the Steelers for, um, you know, for four seasons before he, he left for the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of respect in that locker room for James Conner, a lot of respect in that front office for James Conner. You know, it just didn't work out. Um, they kind of wanted like a bell cow running back. That's why they drafted Najee Harris. But, uh, you know, James Conner was a really good player for a long time here for the Steelers after he left Pitt. Yeah, I've actually been you know, stunned. He did not much this year, but his pass catching skills, which I didn't really realize uh, he had when he was in Pittsburgh. Are you surprised that he's been uh, as good in that area as he, uh, at least the last two years, not more in the Kingsbury offense than the current offense, but. I mean, he's made he, – he's, like, had a ridiculously high catch percentage, et cetera, and I had no idea he had that skill. He's just a really good athlete, Bob. I mean, I remember he was either a freshman or a sophomore at Pitt, and he was playing rush defensive end, and he was getting sacks 
um, in NCAA football games. Now he he eventually went to running back full time, but that guy is just he's just a really good football player. So um, I mean, what did he have a couple years ago? Didn't he have like 15 touchdowns? Um, I yeah. think in 2021. Um, you know, so he's, he's got a nose for the end zone too. So yeah, I, I know a lot of the fans at uh, at Akershore will be you know happy to see him, and I'm sure they want him to do well, just not too well in this game. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Cardinals also, uh, you have former Cardinal Patrick Peterson now with the Steelers. How would you evaluate Peterson's play this season? You know, they, they brought him over from the Vikings and they, they, they kind of knew that they wanted to bring Joey Porter Jr. along slowly. And they did that. So, you know, Pat was kind of out of position early in the season. Um, you know, he, he's playing outside corner in the base, but they move him around. He'll play slot corner. Um, which is where at this point in, in his career he's probably best suited. And he even mm-hmm. plays a little bit, you know, of, of safety as well. So, you know, I think he's 33 now. His days as a premier outside corner are over, but he's actually been pretty solid, you know, since they've moved him inside some of they, you know, they've inserted Joey Porter Jr. as a starter. So kind of a rough start early in the season, but uh, I think he's been playing much better lately when he's been in a much better role for him. Okay, looking ahead specifically to Sunday here, uh, what are some of the uh, important factors in this matchup, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that the run game, you know, if the Cardinals can't stop the run, it's going to be a long day for them because we saw last week they were used some play action. You know, Pickett actually threw for 278, um, and the running game was one over 150 again. So, um, you know, Cardinals have to stop the run. Number two, can Kyler Murray, you know, step up, extend drives? Can he make big plays against that uh, that Steelers defense? That's kind of the one Achilles heel for that Steelers defense. They're among the worst teams in the league with, you know, 30-plus plays, um, 30-plus yard plays. Gave Mm -hmm. up a couple last week. It didn't really hurt them. But if Murray can get out of the pocket, if he can scramble, or if he can hit some big ones, uh, they got a chance to stay in this game. Uh, Sears play a ton of low-scoring games, one-score games. I think they're like 7-1 and one in one-score games this year. So it's not going to be – don't be surprised if it's like a close game in the fourth quarter. Um, but if that happens, I think Kyler Murray and his big play ability is probably going to play a big role in that. Okay, so last up here, uh, you, you kind of answered the close game thing. I mean, the point spread's five and a half, six in some locations across the world. Uh, would you uh, advocate uh, the Steelers covering the number? <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I'm going to say it because the Steelers only average like 18 points a game, but I know the Cardinals are struggling. Um, I know they're kind of starting to play for next year a little bit, so I'll say the Steelers cover that five and a half, but I don't think it's going to be more than seven or eight. I, I think it's going to be uh, kind of close to a one-score game, but I'll, I'll say they cover uh, the point spread on Sunday. Ray, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. And uh, I'm assuming the Steelers are going to be in the playoffs, so I'm sure we'll catch up sometime either later this month or in January. Thanks, Bob. Always good have, uh, being on with you. All right, thanks much. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, always a fountain of information. And uh, we, uh, you know, the Steelers have been good for a long time. And we talked, uh, now they play in the Cardinals this year, so that's another reason to talk to Ray. So that's always a good thing.
All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup. We'll have a little more on Cardinals and Steelers and whatever else I can jam in, depending on the phone call volume, as I've been known to say, and I just said it again. Uh, Once again, uh, don't forget the extra point. Coming up with Kayla, and it is the Friday spread. So we'll go through. uh, We have fewer college games to go through, which is good. And there's, I think Kayla probably assumes this, there's like three or four college games that I have no real thought about. Uh, so we'll get to that, uh, and then, uh, certainly the conf- the big conference championship games. I can, you know, offer an opinion of two or three of those for sure. Uh, so that'll be part of it, and obviously all the NFL games that are of magnitude over the weekend. We will cover during the extra point. Right now, you're in, you know, f- you know wi- wisely listening to the Sports Zone on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. we got time and room for you if you want to jump aboard. 602-260-1060. All right, the 2-10 and 10 Cardinals uh, remain consensus 5.5-point underdogs at the 7-4 and four Steelers on Sunday. Uh, there are a handful of sixes out there in Las Vegas and other U.S.-based sports books. Uh, so if you have access, uh, you want to try to find a better number, uh, maybe you have that access to do so. Uh, meanwhile, the Cardinals are 0-6 and six straight up on the road. They've covered just one of their last five road games. Uh, two weeks ago, they covered at Houston. The other game that they covered this year was when they didn't even score an offensive touchdown and covered the first game of the season at Washington. Uh, the Cardinals' daily roster, daily roster uh, reconstruction, I guess, uh, continued on Thursday with the release of Zach Ertz, reportedly at his request. The Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, and Ravens reportedly interested teams on the waiver wire. Kind of curious how much action there might be for Ertz on the waiver wire. I think that's the reason that he wasn't traded before the trade deadline because he's got a contract that pays him about $10 million or plus a little more than that next season. So we'll see if that plays a role here. Meanwhile, the Cardinals' top tight end still on the roster, uh, Trey McBride uh, with a groin injury. He returned to practice Thursday on a limited basis after he sat out on Wednesday. Also in today's local roundup, the Suns tonight host the defending champion Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets are 13-6 and six overall. That's second in the Western Conference. The Suns 11-7 and seven overall, fifth in the Western Conference. The Suns have won their last three home games. They're 8-5 and five this season against Western Conference teams. Phoenix ranks seventh in the Western Conference and rebounding. Uh, that's you know middle of the pack, basically. Fifteen teams in the Western Conference, and they're seventh. And we thought that might be a weakness before the season started. It's not been terrible, but you know, they're probably going to have to do better if they want to have some long-term success this season uh, in the rebounding category. Meanwhile, the Nuggets 11-4 and against Western Conference opponents this season, second in the Western Conference among points per game. Uh, you know, as, you know, as far as I just you know, basically uh, you know, they're good. They can score. Not surprisingly, they've got skilled offensive players. 
you know, Jokic uh, in the paint, uh, they've been tremendous. In fact, they really that's where they get a, a chunk of their points, as you might guess. But, you know, Jokic averaging 18.2 points a game just in the paint uh, this particular year. Meanwhile, uh, the Suns uh, averaging 116.4 points per game at this point. And that's a little more, that's actually several points. It's almost seven points more per game than the Nuggets. But the Nuggets, a much better defensive team than the Suns, which is something that we saw in the playoffs last year. And I actually said at the time, and I don't think anybody would dispute that then or now, uh, the Suns' lack of defense and lack of bench were the two biggest reasons that the uh, Suns were eliminated by the Nuggets. Turns out that the Suns gave the Nuggets their the toughest run in the postseason last year, which I would not have guessed at the time. Meanwhile, Devin Booker averaging 27.3 points coming off a really bad game for him. Uh, one of the worst games in his career, quite frankly, shooting-wise and pretty much everything-wise uh, at Toronto on uh, whatever night that was. Tuesday night, I believe it was. Uh, Kevin Durant averaging uh, 26.7 points per game. He also had a subpar shooting night. He did score 30 points in the game against Toronto, but he needed 30 a field goal attempts to get the 30 points. Michael Porter Jr., guy that we've been talking about since he was in really high school, and then he had the his back surgery when he was in Missouri, and uh, he's been uh, had some not great moments with the Nuggets, and has had some really good moments with the Nuggets, including the championship run last year. He's been consistently good so far this year, averaging 17.5 points and almost eight rebounds per game uh, for the Nuggets. Over the last 10 games, the Suns have actually been better over the last 10 games. They're 7-3 and three. Uh, as far as the Nuggets. They're 5-5 uh, five and five in the last 10. But you know, some of those games, in fact, all of them but one played without Jamal Murray, who did come back from injury on Wednesday night in the Nuggets' last game. Uh, he had missed the previous 11 games as far as the Suns tonight. Obviously, Bradley Beal still out with the back situation. Uh, Grayson Allen was listed as out yesterday with an illness, but we'll see if he's able to go tonight. And uh, Damian Lee's been out for the entire season, unfortunately, after knee surgery during uh, training camp. All right, a couple other basketball things here to round out the local roundup. The 4-2 and ASU basketball team on Sunday Hosts five and two San Francisco. San Francisco was twenty and fourteen last season. They're picked to finish fourth this season in the West Coast Conference. Uh, and you can, you know, I haven't watched a ton of college basketball yet. I'll really get into this after uh, you know, we uh, pretty much uh, in the, during the Christmas break time and so forth. But the West Coast Conference, I don't think there's, at least in my opinion, right now. Uh, very small sample size for very, you know, my watching and the games being played. There haven't been that many games. But uh, I think the West Coast Conference has more good teams, at least in the top four or five of their conference, than the Pac-12, which seems to be really, really down this year in the final year of its existence as far as basketball goes. USF has beaten ASU in each of the last two seasons. Last year was a rout. At San Francisco, 87 to 50, and I remember watching. That was probably I think that's safe to say that was the worst game of ASU season last year. One of the worst games, maybe the worst game in the Bobby Hurley tenure at ASU, and that was a revenge game because you know, the night the year before in 2021, USF won in Tempe, 66 to 65. 
Meanwhile, the U of A six and zero on Saturday they host Colgate, which is four and three. Colgate is a very good program. They've reached the NCAA tournament the last three seasons. They're favored to win the Patriot League again this season. Uh, head coach Tommy Lloyd probably sad to some extent that the calendar turns to December because Lloyd is the University of Arizona coach has never lost a game three seasons now, never lost a game in the month of November. He's 18-0 and zero in the month of November, and uh, they've beaten some good teams. It's not like they play, uh, you know, you know Disco Tech and whoever else, the Little Sisters of the Poor or whatever, in the month of November, and they've been undefeated. It reminds me of Lute Olsen in his days at the U of A. They were unbelievable coming out of the gate almost every year. Uh, unfortunately for the U of A in the Olsen days and in the Tommy Lloyd days, the NCAA tournament is not played in November. And uh, usually, unfortunately, most of those teams over the years – uh, play better in November and December than they have in March. So hopefully that will change this year for the U of A. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular one-hour radio program. We'll have the national roundup, including a little more on the uh, updated point spread of the Suns game, and I'll check that out during the break here. And we'll get into the, uh, the uh, Thursday night football game from last night and whatever else I can jam in into the uh, national roundup today. Don't forget, next couple of hours uh, from 11 to 1 o'clock, of course, it's the extra point. And today's Friday spread day, so we'll go through the college card for the weekend and the championship weekend in college football and also some of the notable NFL games. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me the Doug Gottlieb show 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's national roundup and welcome back to the final segment of today's sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD 2 100.7 uh, on to the latest line, we'll start with tonight in the NBA. Uh, the Suns hosting the Denver Nuggets tonight. And uh, the Nuggets, a two-and-a-half-point favorite pretty much everywhere. There's a couple twos in the state of Nevada, I just noticed. Uh, but basically a consensus two-and-a-half-point favorite with a total sitting uh, anywhere between 220. There's some variance here from 224-and-a-half up to 225-and-a-half, depending on where you do your uh, – shopping for wagering possibilities. Uh, meanwhile, from the scoreboard last night, Dallas uh, defeated Seattle 41-35. to Al Michaels uh, has no nothing to complain about. Well, he might have something to complain about. There were a lot of penalties in that game, needless to say, last night. But other than that, uh, the game, I think, is a candidate for the uh, best NFL game this season. Certainly, if you remove the penalties, I think you make a case it was the best NFL game this season. The Cowboys extended their home winning streak to 14 games. Before last night, they'd won their five home games this season by at least 20 points. Not last night, obviously. That's the first time they've been behind all year at home. Meanwhile, in a game that had uh, many game-changing plays, I think the biggest play was, uh, to me, 
Uh, roughly seven minutes to go, and uh, Seattle still leading 35-30, to 30, and Seattle rookie uh, Zach Charbonnet was stopped on uh, fourth and one uh, on a great play, but defensive play by uh, the Cowboys' Dexter Lawrence, or, you know, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, my bad, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence. Uh, the Cowboys' offense uh, quickly responded with a tough touchdown drive and a two-point conversion to, at that point, take a 35, 30, uh, 38-35 lead. Meanwhile, the Cowboys scored 30-plus points. Uh, in, uh, they've actually done that in six home games now. Uh, that's the most NFL uh, times, you know, most ever in the NFL. Not a, uh, not a team, uh, team quarterback by Tom Brady. Uh, it's the first team that in the first six home games has scored 30-plus points. Brady's teams in New England did that a couple times. Also, the Cowboys exceeded 40 points for a four-straight home game. Also, is a historic loss for Pete Carroll, the, Cal- the Seahawks. Uh, they were 36-0 and in scoring at least 35 points in a game until uh, with Carroll until last night. Cowboys also did something uh, they uh, had not uh, done before last night. Uh, they beat a team with a winning record. Uh, we talked yesterday uh, when we previewed the game with Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News that uh, last night was the first of five consecutive games for the Cowboys against teams 500 or above. So they passed the test to some extent last night. So we'll see what's going on with that. Rough night, at least the first half, for Deron Bland. Uh, he had an interesting night, off on the first half. Allowed the two touchdown passes, uh, like 150 yards passing, I believe it was, somewhere in that ballpark. And in, a, in between, he got flagged for pass interference in the end zone. In the second half, though, with the Cowboys trailing 28-27, to 27, uh, he had, uh, you know, once again, another pick, you know, another pick. It wasn't a pick six, but that was his eighth uh, interception of the season. Uh, so that was also another one of those game-turning plays, and there were several of those, as I mentioned, last night. All right, time for a little rip from the headlines and from the wire combo here. Uh, from the NFL, a felony arrest warrant was issued in Dallas for a Bills player, Von Miller, for allegedly assaulting a pregnant woman. Uh, the Dallas uh, Police Report uh, Department actually confirmed that story uh, yesterday afternoon. And uh, so I'm, you know, the, the Bills are on by this week, so I'm sure we'll hear a lot about that in the upcoming days. Meanwhile, the Browns' uh, two best uh, defensive players, Miles Garrett with a shoulder and Denzel Ward with a quad, uh, they did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure. Uh, they're actually in Los Angeles. You know, they remember last week they played in Denver, so they stayed in the West Coast, and they've been in Los Angeles all week long before they play against the Rams this week. So, you know, we'll get a little update on them, I'm sure, sometime most likely this afternoon. But they had not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. College football, a lot going on. First up, Indiana's hired James Madison head coach, uh, coach, head coach he tried to say, Kurt Signetti. And uh, actually, I just saw him on the Big Ten Network, uh, the Big Ten Network broadcasting live from Indianapolis today before the uh, conference championship game on Saturday. And Signetti was just part of their broadcast. He was one of their guests. So he's already in Indiana for that. I believe he uh, – I heard a little bit of him talking during one of our commercial breaks. Looks like that he's going to coach, uh, at least be there for the James Madison Bowl game. Uh, he did say he's not going to have a whole lot to do with the bowl preparation, however. Colorado quarterback Shadur Sanders expected to return next season, even though he's considered to be 
a first-round pick and most likely, at least according to the mock draft experts, the third quarterback off the board. Uh, however, most believe that he would possibly be the first overall selection uh, in the 2025 draft if he waited one more year. Former Arizona State quarterback uh, Jaden Daniels showing up in the first round of NFL mock drafts, uh, including the latest I saw from Dane Brugler of The Athletic. He's in there. Also, among the uh, a lot of transfer portal stuff going on, a lot of quarterbacks, including uh, I'm not going to mention everybody because there's a million. There's like 500 players already in the transfer portal, which started this week. Uh, Will Howard at uh, Kansas State, and he, he's actually exhausted his eligibility at Kansas State. But if he transfers as a graduate student, he has another year to play. And uh, I think he's actually a very good college quarterback. I'm not sure where he stacks up after college. K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas, which is he's been horribly coached. Um, maybe he's just not that good, but yeah, he's certainly athletic. He is really tremendous athlete. In fact, he has not improved at Arkansas and I'm just blaming the coaching shuffle and they've gone through coordinators and whatever. I think he could be a very good quarterback somewhere else. Tyler Van Dyke at Miami is leaving. Also Grayson McCall at coast of Carolina. Uh, McCall had some injuries this past year as did Van Dyke. Not a big Van Dyke fan. I think McCall, when I first saw him as a freshman at Coastal Carolina several years ago, I thought he had an NFL future at that time. So they're just a little college football info for you. And uh, the transfer portal is going to dominate the headlines between what happens on Saturday and the college football playoff thing on Sunday when that's finally officially decided. Uh, and before the bowl games start, most of the news, I'm guessing, will either be coaching changes or the transfer portal throughout the month of December. All right, next two hours, it's the extra point, Friday spread time. Uh, so stay tuned with that, obviously hosted by Kayla. We'll go through all the top college and NFL games of the weekend. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.